Man, I saw you guys stand up being proud to be an American. Amen? All you have to do is go to another country, and then you'll know that it's, it's good to be in America. Praise the Lord. Italy's nice, but, you know. <laughs> I felt like I was at my roots, my people, you know, when I was there, you know. A bunch of John Travolta's walking the street, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We ask you to bless this message, that it would be uh, something good for our souls, good for our hearts to serve you and love you. We ask you for your precious Holy Spirit to come in and just be a part of this service, take control over everything that we are doing. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're talking about being free in America, but also also being free in the Spirit, free in Christ. Now, everybody wants to be free, don't you want to be free? No worries, no pains, no sufferings, no thoughts, concerns that you're facing. But in America, we had to break away from England, did we not? And we had a declaration of independence saying that uh, we the people, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, God, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, we have a Statue of Liberty in the New York Harbor because we value being free, being, uh, having liberty. But it comes with a price, does it not? Do you know when we were fighting the English, we lost 24,000 men in the service. Let's see. Do we have that uh, chart there? 24,000. That's a lot of people to fight for freedom, isn't it? And then the Civil War, we had, what, over 400,000? And uh, World War I and World War II combined 500,000. Vietnam War, 58,000. And But this is all the cost of being free. But guess what? To be spiritually free, we only needed one man, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come down and pay the price for our sins, sacrifice himself on the cross, and we're free, free spiritually. I like that. Don't you like that? We don't have to have things hanging over us. We don't have to things, uh, you know, the Lord reminding us about things that we did wrong. He's thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. I like that. That's, that's a pretty big sea, you know, with all of our sins, all the things that we have done that are there. So uh, let's look at this uh, scripture in Romans 5, verse 15. For by one man's offense, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to many. So it took one man's sacrifice and death to give us spiritual liberty. Now let me show you how this works. It's uh, shown in Colossians 2, verse, uh, 2, verses 13 and 14. And you being dead in your trespasses and sins. You didn't know you were dead, did you? You thought you were just doing, having a good old time, just having fun, you know, doing whatever you please, enjoying life. But God said you were dead. Your soul, your spirit was dead, not able to connect with God. After I got saved, I realized, oh, I was dead. I had no spiritual connection with God. You were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. And, uh, but now we have been made alive with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, all of them, even the ones you didn't know you were doing. Uh, then look at this. Have, I'm going to give you the, the instructions of what happened here. So having wiped out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you, which was contrary to us, and he has taken out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. 
Now, what does that mean, nailed it to the cross? I wasn't there. What are they talking about? Well, in Roman days, if you committed a crime, they put your crime on a parchment, and they put it on the cross and to show people what you were guilty of. And what was Jesus guilty of? Being called king of the Jews. They nailed it up there, and he paid the price. But guess what else was put up there? All your sins that you ever were going to commit, past, present, and future, was put up there, nailed to the cross, so we, our debt was satisfied. We don't have to worry about, okay, uh, we have to do some penance, or we have to do some uh, Our Fathers and Hail Marys, or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was raised Catholic. We had the confessionals, and people go in there, and some people stayed a long time in there. I was wondering, like, what in the heck did they do? Did they kill somebody? I mean, we were out there for a long time. But mine was quick. I didn't do much uh, when I was young, but I was in and out. Same, same sins, you know, disobeyed my father, uh, lied a little bit, and things like that. But, so, but all of our sins, all the ones that we didn't think that, we, that offended the Lord, was uh, paid for. So now let's look at this. Jesus said, no, when, no man putting his hand to the plow, is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, you can forget about what happened in the past, what you did, how you acted, what you, things that you said, people that you've wronged, all these things. They're forgiven. I like that. Don't you like that? He said, if you're going to be looking back at all the things that you did wrong, you know, I started doing that a little while ago. I go, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. I, what kind of guy was that? <laughs> and, but, but I can't look back. And let me show you an example in Italy, Brother Piero, we have fast Italian cars. Oh, yeah. We got the Maserati. That's me driving right there. <laughs> we got the Lamborghini. Ah, go, baby. And the Ferrari. Now, in Italy, Piero, when they buy a new car, they take the rearview mirror and they throw it out the window. You know why? Because they figure what's behind them is behind them. And they're moving ahead. They don't want anybody to pass them, so they're just going straight forward, straight ahead. And I can tell this from personal experience that um, you have to keep going and not look back. You're not fit for the kingdom of God if you look back, right? Whatever you did in the past doesn't matter. Now we're going forward, praise God. Now... <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm going to talk about John 8, where Jesus, you ever go witnessing, evangelizing people, and sometimes you get a good response, sometimes you don't? Well, Jesus was out evangelizing in the street, and he didn't get too good a reception. He was talking to the Jews, some of them were believing him, but some of the Pharisees were giving him um, some resistance. And this was a tough, tough exchange. They were saying to him, who, who do you think you are anyway? And he said, I came from the Father. He said, what do you mean you came from the Father? We know, you don't even know where you came from. Mary was, you're illegitimate. Mary doesn't even know where her father, what the father, who your father was, because, you know, they, Joseph, you know, the Holy Ghost came, you know. And so they, they said, you're, you're, you're not, you're illegitimate. So he said, now listen to this. Um, Okay, let's look at John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those who believed, If you abide in my word and my disciples, you will be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you abide, what does abide mean? 
to dwell, to stay with, to live with. Amen? That word has to be such a part of you that it lives with you, that you live off of it. You, you do those things it says. You, you, you hunger for it, right? Dwell, there's a difference between being a dweller and a visitor. You know that, right? When you have people over your house, they're visitors for a while. But then there's a time when the visitors leave and the dwellers stay. <laughs> Sometimes you have to encourage the visitors to leave, you know? Oh, yeah, it's getting late. <laughs> Did you hear the story? But No, I didn't hear that story. When all else fails, you go, you get in your pajamas, and you just kind of hang around, you know, and pretend like it's time to go to bed. And hopefully they get the idea, right? So <laughs> the dwellers stay. We're supposed to stay with the Lord. We're not supposed to visit him. We don't have a little 10-minute daily devotional. We have to say, Lord, I love you. I want to keep you with me all the day long. And even in the nighttime, to dream about him, talk to him. And God talks to us in the night season with dreams. Did you know that? He talked to Abraham. He talked to Jacob. Talked to Daniel, Solomon, Joseph, the apostle Paul. And many other instances in the Bible, he comes and talks to you in the night season. Ain't that right, <laughs> Julia? <laughs> Amen. So he's talking to us. In fact, he even had to wake up. Uh, Samuel say, Samuel, Samuel. He said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're talking to me? Amen. I have dreams sometimes of me preaching. I have dreams of me doing things. And, and then it comes to pass. I go like, oh, that's so good, Lord. You knew ahead what was going to happen. Amen. When you dwell with the Lord, you see things happen before they even take place. So he was talking to them. He said, if you abide in me, dwell in me, uh, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And they said, look what they said in verse 33. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? They said, we're free already. Uh, wrong. Guess what? They've been slaves in Egypt for 430 years. Then the Philistines came along and took them in bondage, right? Uh, what else? Then Babylon came and captured them, Persia, Syria, and even now, while they're in Rome, the Roman soldiers are there, and they have to pay taxes to Rome. They weren't free. How many of you think sometimes you're free, but you're really not? Because if sin has taken hold of you, you're not free. You're captive to it. You have to do the things that it calls you to do. You don't want to do it. I, I was talking. I was picking up the cupcakes. Hallelujah. And... Um, this guy was really nice. He said, oh, yeah, I'll save some out for you. And he was really helpful. And I said, man, are you a Christian? He goes, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I got some demons. I go, well, <laughs> why don't you get rid of the demons, you know? <laughs> Just be Christian by yourself. You don't need the demons. And <laughs> he said, well, you know, they kind of creep in. Well, you know, you, you have power over the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you, right? <laughs> So sometimes we think we're free, but really not. And so Jesus said in 834, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. It controls you. You've got to break loose and, and, and enter into the spiritual realm where you want to please the Lord. And I know when I was first saved, 
I, it took me a little while to get to the place where I wanted to be, and I describe it as like a rocket ship trying to take up off the earth. And sometimes it takes a lot of thrust, a lot of energy, a lot of power to push off the earth. But after you get up, it, you kind of float a little bit, and then you get out of gravity. It's just, oh, this is so nice to be in the Lord. Hallelujah. You don't have this pull on you. I got to have a drink, or I got to have this or that, or I got to go see somebody. You don't have that pull. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> okay, I'm just kind of quiet in this Presbyterian church. Okay. <laughs> now, here are some instructions from the Apostle Paul on this matter. In Hebrews 12:1, the Apostle Paul is talking about our Christian faith as a race. We're, did you know you're in a race? And it's a long race. It's not just a sprint. It's like keeps going and going, and you have hurdles there. You've got to go over one hurdle, and you think you've got to go in good, and then all of a sudden here's another hurdle you've got to do, and you just keep on going until the end. Amen? Paul said, I want to be faithful to the end. So here's what he says. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you. It's so easy to sin. You watch TV, you get this thing in your mind, and all of a sudden you start doing it. You go like, why am I doing this? That's why these people, these companies spend millions and billions of dollars on telling you have it your way at Burger King. I don't want it at Burger King, but they keep telling me I got to go. So I, I, I go, you know. Why do they spend that much money? I used to work for Miles Laboratories, and they had one-a-day vitamins, and every time they stopped uh, advertising, sales went down. They had to keep advertising to keep things going. So that's what, you know, TV is doing. So it says, let us run the endurance, run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us. you got your own race. Stay in your lane. Do the things that God has called you to do. Don't be trying to do what somebody else is doing because you're not equipped to do it. Run your own race. Hallelujah. Keep on going. Keep on trucking. So Paul was referring to the Olympic races and how people would just strip themselves as clean and as sleek as they could so there was no resistance. Lay aside every weight and sin that so does easily beset you. Now here at New Heart Foursquare Church, we like to do little skits, you know, little, you know, show and tell, <laughs> little, little, you know, make the point, okay? So we're going to talk today about Mr. Grumpy Christian. I hear that amen. Okay. <laughs> Mr., have you, have you met this guy? It may be you. Who knows? Let's, let's see. Let's, let's go through it and see what we have here. Hold on one second. Mr. Grumpy Christian. Now, uh, I got my, my equipment here. Uh, yeah. All right, Grumpy Christian. So, Grumpy Christian... He's not like an ordinary Christian. An ordinary Christian wakes up and what does it say? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Grumpy Christian wakes up and says, oh, what a day. <laughs> I just hope I can rejoice and be glad in it. I owe so much money. I got to go to work. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Amen? <laughs> but first, Grumpy has to get dressed, right? So what does he put on? He puts on the cloak of bitterness. Oh, my life is so miserable. 
all the things that I've tried to do just hasn't worked out. God hasn't been on my side. He answers some of my prayers, but not all of my prayers. Oh, I got this bitterness I've got to keep on me. I wear it wherever I go. Just bitter, bitter, bitter. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Also, I got, I got this, I got a backpack of problems, anxieties, troubles, cares, concerns I want to keep with me because I got to remember them. You never know when it's going to pop up. And oh yeah, I forgot about this. I got my secret sin. This is really weighing me down. This, you know, it's the, it's the internet. You know, it's the things that I'm not supposed to do. But don't tell anybody, shh, secret sin. All right, okay. Then I got this, I got this, uh, this uh, um, suitcase. And in it, I got all the, all the people that have wronged me and said bad things about me, I, I got them all right here because I want to remember them because I, I don't want it to pop up again. I, I don't want to hear any of that stuff anymore. And I also, well, you know, some people have, uh, what do they call that thing in, in high school? Uh, huh? No, what you get when you get a, a yearbook? They have a yearbook, but I got a book of all the people that have offended me, all the people that said that I would never amount to anything. I keep that with me because I want to remember what they said. And I also keep all the people bound in this here, and I drag them with me. I want to remember them. They're invisible, but I still have them in my memory, and I'm keeping them, and I'm dragging them along, just keeping them, keeping them with me in case something happens because if something happens... I'm going, to, I'm going to come out with some fists of flurry. I'm telling you, I'm going to give it to them, you know. I'm not taking it anymore. I'm mad, and I'm not taking it anymore. Amen? Now, the other, my other problem is I got all these bad habits. This is like chains on me. Oh, gosh, so heavy, you know. <laughs> my drugs and alcohol, I can't get rid of it. I can't break it, you know. My cursing, <laughs> I don't know, it just keeps coming out. I don't know what. I need to break it, but you know what? I'm going to go to work, so I'm going to put these glasses on because I don't want anybody to know who I am. I don't want anybody to know what I'm all about, so I cover my eyes and everything. So I'm going to go off to work. I go off to... Do you think that... Oh, wait a minute. I forgot one more thing. The pastor said we're supposed to witness to people about coming to Visitor Sunday, so I'm going to wear my John 3.16 hat. That way, in case anybody asks me, I'll just tell them, have the joy of the Lord, he is your strength. Come follow me and you'll be happy all the days of your life. <laughs> do you think I'm going to get very far in this race? I don't think so. What do I got to do? I got to take off these sunglasses, right, and let the light of the Lord shine upon me. Amen? I got to cast my cares upon the Lord, for he cares for me. Amen? I got to forgive and forget those people that are... Cause, them, cause me all this pain and talk bad about me. I don't need that anymore. I got to break the chains that have bound me. Amen. I got to be free. Take off the cloak of bitterness and come with the robes of righteousness and declare the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Amen. I am free, free, free indeed. Amen. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free, singing glory, hallelujah, 
Jesus set me free. How about this one? Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus set me free. Amen. All right. I think you got it. I think you got it. I think you got it. So we, we, want, to be, we want to be that way, don't we? We want to stand firm in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And when you're free, you're free indeed. It's just a wonderful feeling that you don't have to wake up and have all these urges and burges and all these things that are causing you to do what you, want, what you didn't want to do. You ever, when you sin and you go home and you go like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. Well, you can be free. You, cannot, you don't have to be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Praise God. So what does freedom look like? You may ask. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that thunderous <laughs> response. <laughs> okay, we're going to go lightning round, round. Are you ready for that? Okay, Jesus Christ has made us free. How? Fifteen ways. Are you ready? Okay, you don't have to write them down. I've got a sheet in the back for all those, so you don't have to worry about writing them down. You don't even have to take a picture. It'll show up, okay? So... First one is, you're free from condemnation. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no, no, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. What happened with the woman that was caught in adultery, and the elders came and said, what do you want to do with this lady? And he said, he that is without sin cast the first stone, right? And then he looked around, and no one could convict her. And so he said, neither do I condemn you. You are free from condemnation. Jesus paid the price. This is good. Freedom from guilt and shame. You don't have to hang your head down after you made a mistake. As far as the east is from the west, so does he remove our transgressions from us. I, as far as from the east is from the west, he doesn't remember it anymore. He's thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. I love that, don't you? I, I heard one minister, very popular minister, he was starting out and he had committed a sin in the morning, and he didn't even say what it was, and the Lord was saying, okay, uh, we're getting ready for the, the service. He said, I'm not going. The Lord said, well, why, what's the matter? He said, well, you know that sin I did in the morning. I just don't feel, excuse me, I feel like a hypocrite. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, you know that sin in the morning? He goes, what sin? I, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, did you confess it? He goes, yeah, I confessed it. Well, then I don't remember it. And that is as simple as that. When you say, Father, forgive me. <laughs> I know not what I do. <laughs> You're forgiven. You can forget it. You don't, if you walk around and say, Lord, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're, you're calling him a liar. He already forgave you. What do you have to say you're sorry for anymore? Praise the Lord. That's what my wife says to me. You said, <laughs> I said I was sorry. What do you, <laughs> let's, let's move on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Freedom from sin and death. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means he makes you want to do the right thing. It makes you desire to do the right thing, to desire to be righteous. You're a slave to righteousness. You want, you're looking for things that you can do to help people. Amen? All right. Uh, how are you doing on this? Okay, we're gonna get, it's going to get better now. Freedom to know that God has a plan for you. Now, this is an amazing thing to me. 
God actually has a plan for little old me. Where am I on the Richter scale of his plans? I'm just a little boy in, in uh, San Dimas, little Italian boy, you know. And I, when I first got saved, I told this story, uh, the lady, she was like a real Pollyanna type girl, you know, like, you know, the Lord has a plan for your life. You should, you know, follow him. I'm going like, if you only knew what my plans were this weekend, they were not even close to being what God has planned for me. But she was so sweet and so kind. I said, I want to be like, I want that same kindness to be in me. And so little did I find out that after I got saved, Psalms 139.16 says, My eyes saw, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all written. All my days are written. When there were none of them. So do you know there's a book in the, in the heavens? Don Alexander, man of God, you know. And I, I like what the Hall of Fame is. They don't, they, they don't put in the bad stuff. They just put in the good stuff. And so there it is, all the things that he wants to do with you. What we have to do is find out what that book is saying. And where is it written? It's written in our heart. It's our desires, the things that we want to do, the things that we want to, uh, you know, do in this world. He puts that in there, and then he, he, he directs you. And that's what it says right here in this next one. Psalms 37, 23, for to freedom to know he will direct me. This is a great freedom, isn't it? You don't have to worry like, oh, what am I supposed to do here on earth? He'll direct you. He'll tell you where you're supposed to go. The steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord. What do you mean ordered? That means it's already in motion. It's, it's his plan. It's his way. He wants to do it this way. You've got to get in line. You know, they say they have these uh, counselors where you go in and you find out what your career wants to be, what you want to be. It's wrong. You should look inside and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I, we had a dentist. and To dentist, is there any dentist here? No. Dentist, is, that's a tough job. I mean, put your hands in somebody's mouth, you know, and fool around and play with their tartar and everything. It's just, <laughs> it's, a tough, it's a tough job. I mean, who would want to do it? So I asked, I, I, I got friends with our dentist who was a Christian. I go, what, what, what possessed you to want to be a dentist? And he said, well, I wanted to be something else. I forgot what he said. But he said, I was praying one day, and I saw the hands of the Lord come down out of heaven. This is, this is deep. And he, the Lord, Lord said to him, I want you to be a dentist. And he said, okay, I'll do it. So then all of a sudden, it's a joy to do it, right? And if you ask dentists and, and hygienists why you're doing this, they love it. They love doing it. Everybody loves doing what their job is. And it's, you know what's funny? I was telling somebody, most uh, people that work at the church here, if they come and they do the carpet or they paint or they do the asphalt or whatever they do, they learned it from their dad. They learned it from their father. It just kind of transferred down to them. And so um, I'm glad. my dad was a mechanic. He didn't work that way for me. I, can't, I can break stuff, but I can't fix it. And somehow it skipped over me to my son, so he, we have to call him to fix it. But anyway, <laughs> he, he, he directs you in the way you should go. Isn't that right? Let's see. Yeah, the steps of a good man are ordered. See, so you don't know the whole uh, nine yards, but he says what? I'm a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. In other words, you just keep walking in the word, 
and in the Lord, and he'll show you your next step. But then as you keep walking, then all of a sudden you see, oh, I see the pathway now. Now I know. If you get on the pathway, if you follow the light, you'll get the path. This is good. This is good, isn't it? Jonathan, this is good for your youth to know. Because they, youth worry. Oh, what am I going to do? Where am I going to be? How's going? I don't know. I don't know. Just relax. When we used to pray for the people at Life Pacific University, they all said the same thing. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Well, do you know the Lord? <laughs> he will direct you. He will guide you. That's what it says. Freedom to know he will guide you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I'm looking at you. I'm following you. I know what you're doing. I know when you're missing it. I know when you should be doing something else. I told the story of my mom when I was young. We lived about two miles from the, from the school, and when I got home, she already knew what I had done wrong, you know, whatever I did. And I said, Mom, how did you know about that? She said, see that fence over there? I get up on the fence, and I can see all the way out to your school. And I look, I go, I don't, Mom, I don't think so. I don't think that's possible. But she always knew. But guess what? God really always knows what you're doing. And so you want to, he wants to guide you with his eye. He said, I will not leave you alone. He will guide you. He is watching you. Next one is freedom to know he protects you. Oh, this is so good. See, this is a freedom. He's guiding you. He's directing you. He has a plan for you. And if you mess up, he's protecting you. So many times I messed up at my beloved Kaiser. <laughs> but God saved me. Amen? God, I would say things, and they have to call me, and Pastor, you can't say those things. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he says, he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. When I was a young teenager, we were driving, and, uh, you know, we just got our license, and so we were having fun with the car, and it was raining outside, and so my, my, brother, my friend, now this is a smart guy. He, he, he got a Ph.D., and he teaches at NYU. But we're driving the car, and it skids out a little bit. You know, on the rain, you ever done that where you kind of hydroplane and you kind of swoop? And we just did a little bit, and I go, ooh, that was kind of fun. Let's, can we go a little faster next time around that corner? So we went around the block. I said a little faster, okay? He, he teaches English. He should know what little faster means. But he guns it, and we go flying across the street. We, didn't, we were turning, going around. I don't know what happened. We go through a fence, and we hit a telephone pole, and the pole's sitting right there, right in front of me. I'm going like, holy cow. The Lord had his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. And, amen? So we don't know how many times God has saved you, where you, you may be at a light, and you get ready to go, and all of a sudden somebody dashes through. I'm so glad Patricia's here today. Now, Patricia, <laughs> talk about crazy driving. She went over the embankment of a freeway on, on the second tier, crashes down, and she's still here. Now, how, how did that happen? I told you, you need to sign up to be a daredevil because that's a stuntman, you know, come on. Nobody could do that and still walk away from it. Okay, freedom to know he's on my side. Isn't it no you got someone on your side? 
I used to like uh, the Incredible Hulk. You know, I'd like to have a friend like the Incredible Hulk, you know. Somebody give me a hard time. Somebody give me a hard time. I go, talk to my buddy. You know, you're protected. Amen. He's on your side. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. Amen. There's freedom in that. You know, here's the thing. I was driving down the street the other day talking to the Lord, and uh, I was saying, I feel like I'm doing a film for Mission Impossible, you know, because no one can touch me. <laughs> you know, God's protected me. You know, Tom Cruise, he could be hanging outside of an airplane. He can jump from building to building, you know, he can jump off of a cliff and parachute down, and nothing hurts him. And I'm thinking the same way. Hey, I'm, prote- I'm free because I'm protected. The Lord's watching over me. His angels will take, oh, take charge over me. Praise God. So we have to know God is on our side. Freedom to know. You following me okay? Freedom to know he hears me. I like that. You don't have to yell, Jesus, can you hear me? Yes. The Bible says what? If you call out to him, he hears you. And if he hears you, he'll give you the desires of your heart. I like that. He's not, he doesn't have, his ear's not too hard to hear. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of how many of their troubles? All of their troubles. Not the big ones, not the small ones, all of them. The little ones. You know, we play basketball, and um, I have some friends that are not really Christian, and I'm telling them I pray when I play, and they go, what does God care about basketball? I go, he doesn't care about basketball, but he cares about me. <laughs> and if I'm playing, he wants to help me. I mean, he can't help me beyond my talent, but he can help me do the best that I can. And so people are understanding that, and they're going like, don't play with him because he plays with the Holy Ghost. And, and, <laughs> and things happen crazily where you don't know what's going to happen because, you know, somehow the Lord takes, you know, angels in the outfield well, angels on the basketball court. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. He hears me he, when you cry out. Freedom to know this is so good. He loves me. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. How can that possibly be? Because we're in Christ and we're just like one of his children. As he's loved us, so does he love. As he loves Jesus, so does he love us. Is this amazing or what? And what did, Jesus, what did God think about Jesus? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Do you know he's well pleased with you? Even though you're not doing everything but you're coming along? When you have a baby and it's pooping in its diapers and it's falling down, you don't get upset or mad. You go, come on, little baby. Come on, you're going to be all right. Just keep walking, keep talking. We're going we're gonna to make it, right? And that's the way Jesus is with us baby Christians. He loves us with an everlasting love. I'm almost done. You okay? I'm getting excited. I'm getting, are you getting free? Like, okay. <laughs> I got God on my side. He loves me, protects me, guides me, directs me. There's no condemnation. I'm free. <laughs> free in him. And, and here we go. He, freedom to know he's all-powerful. What, what, what's your problem? He's all-powerful. Whatever you're facing, he can do it. He, he can take hold of any situation that you're facing. Freedom to walk with the Holy Spirit. You've got the Holy One on the inside of you. You've got God Almighty dwelling on the inside of you. We have to really come to that realization that as we talk to Him, He can talk back to us. He can show us things and, and, and guide and direct us and, and give us strength and tell us to stay away from this or don't do that. Praise the Lord. 
he, he, uh, we can walk with the Holy Spirit. He said, I will give you another helper, a helper just like me that will help you, that he may abide with you. How long? Forever. Okay, three more. Ready? Freedom to do the things that glorify him. You're free to do things that God puts in your heart to do and even what you have in your heart to do. David said, I had in my heart to build you a sanctuary. God didn't tell him to do it. He just felt like I wanted to do it. You know, Mary has got her mother. She's 90 years old. Amen? 90 years old. She drives from Oceanside to come and do VBS in the kitchen for five days. Amen? She's not tired. She's not over the hill. She's, she's doing things that will glorify him. She loves it. Amen? Now, I think we get more tired than she does, though, because we go home and we just can't move. But... She, she does it. She does it because she loves the Lord. She wants to do those things that glorify him. Okay, now here's, here's a, some good ones. Here's some real good ones. You ready? Freedom is to know that all things work together for your good. No matter what mess you've gotten yourself into, he can turn it around for your good. We're watching a TV series from Canada called Heartland. And in the beginning of the series, everything goes wrong, right? Things aren't working out. They got themselves in a dilemma. It looks like there's no way out. But after an hour, everything's solved. Everything works out. How, does that, how, how did that happen, you know? <laughs> I talked to a detective one time, and I said, you know these detective shows like Columbo and these kinds of shows? I go, do you solve the cases that fast? He goes, no, we never solve them that fast. They take weeks and months, but it's always wrapped up in an, in an hour. But guess what? Same thing with you. You may get into situations that it takes a little time to unravel, you know, like when you're trying to unravel a cord, how long it takes, you've got to push it apart and find out which, well, it takes a little time for God to unravel the mess that you got yourself into. But be patient, I've learned to be patient and wait on the Lord because he'll make it come to pass. But don't be so impatient and think that he's not going to do it, okay? Freedom to know, last two, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Never, ever, 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 ever. And I put this up on the board uh, in Hebrews because in the Amplified, uh, Anthony, you got it? Now check this out. This is pretty emphatic, isn't it? I will never under any circumstance desert you, nor give up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold upon you. Assuredly not. Who wants a friend like that? What a friend we have in Jesus. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad it is, I'll not let you down. I'll not uh, stop giving you support. I'll be with you to the end of time. I like that. And the last one, freedom to know. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You may be in a situation, you say, like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how I can bear this. I don't know how I can get to the end. I'm looking at Matthew. He, he started uh, Notre Dame uh, three years ago. And, you know, that looked like a monumental task. Three years away from home in beautiful Indiana. But he's almost done now. But well, look at the Lord. He, and, and how do you do it? One course at a time. Amen. One year at a time, one semester at a time. You just keep on going, keep on plugging, and you'll get that. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So whatever situation you are in, 
you can have the freedom to know God will give you the strength to get through it, and he will work it out. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. Thank you, Lord, for giving us and showing us that we have freedom in Christ. We don't have to worry about situations. We don't have to worry about our life because, Father, we are in your hands. We glorify you. We thank you that you are good. Your mercy endures forever. And everything that we do, Lord God, you're watching over us and caring for us to give us victory in every situation. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. And we give you the honor. In Jesus' name. Now, I just want to uh, open up or close with an opening invitation for anyone here that says, you know what, Pastor? I'm lacking in some of these areas. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing what it says here. I'm not applying my freedom that God has given me. If that's you, I want to pray with you that the Holy Spirit would come and take hold of you and direct and guide you in a, in a better way, a stronger way, so that you can know that He is he is real in your life. So if that's you, just raise your hand real big, and I'm gonna, you can, we're going to pray for you in your seat. I see those hands. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Oh, see, it's, 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 it, it's a humbling to come before the Lord and know that you don't have it all yourself. We don't have it all ourselves. Every day we have to ask him for help. So let's ask him for help. Let's all say it together. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. He came to give us freedom. We want to walk in that freedom. We want to live for you and see your glory in every area of our lives. Guide me, direct me, pull me into your fellowship, and we ask you in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.